Science and Religion, Reason and Faith, Metal Detectors on the Beach. I heard this great analogy, and I'd like to share it with you. This episode's part of a series called I Heard This Great Analogy, where I share one analogy that helps shine a light on the answer to theological and spiritual questions. This won't be an exhaustive or complete answer. Of course, every analogy is imperfect and incomplete, but they can still be helpful, and I think that's why Jesus used them. I'm your host, Tommy Dome, Director of Evangelization here at St. Basil, and today we're responding to the question, Does science disprove religion? There is this perceived, and I stress perceived, conflict between science and religion. If you do a quick search on the internet or consult college students, you will hear the claim that science has eliminated the need for religion. Or you'll hear that a person cannot at the same time believe in science and be religious. It's kind of interesting, considering religions have been around for thousands of years, and science, depending on how you define it, has been around for thousands of years too, or at least a couple hundred years since the scientific method was defined. But this supposed conflict has only arisen in the past few decades, it seems. For hundreds of years, no one saw scientific research and religious faith as being mutually exclusive. But all of a sudden, the past 30 or 40 years, this seems like an urban myth that's arisen, that the two are incompatible. When in reality, the whole scientific idea that the world is ordered and reasonable and it has a rationale to it, that idea is completely supported by the Judeo-Christian tradition. It's also kind of hilarious when you consider all the people of faith who've contributed great discoveries and advancements to the scientific enterprise. I mean, 34 craters on the moon are named after Jesuits. That's because for hundreds of years, Jesuits have been astronomers and scientists, in addition to being priests. 34 craters on the moon. And have you heard of genetics? Well, the father of genetics was Gregor Mendel. A scientist, of course. But first, he was an Augustinian friar and even became an abbot at a monastery. So he did his work in the lab when he wasn't praying in the chapel. And you've most likely heard of Louis Pasteur, the father of microbiology, who was a pioneer in discovering germs. That's a pretty big deal. And of course, the method of pasteurization is named after him. Well, when he was on his deathbed, He didn't ask for someone to read a science textbook in his dying moments. Instead, he asked that someone read to him the life of St. Vincent de Paul. And Louis Pasteur died with a rosary in his hand. He did not see any conflict between faith and science. What about Copernicus, who theorized that the sun was at the center of the solar system and all the planets revolved around it? In science, that's called the Copernican Revolution. Copernicus was also a faithful Catholic. You know, while we're talking about space, did you know that the universe is expanding? 
Yeah, you probably did. Well, that was discovered by George Lemaitre, who also theorized that thing called the Big Bang. He's more properly referred to as the Reverend Monsignor George Lemaitre because he was a Catholic priest who used to shoot the scientific breeze over tea with some guy named Einstein. The guy who discovered the hole in the ozone and won the 1995 Nobel Prize in chemistry? Yeah, he's Catholic too. Same with Gertie Corey. She converted to the Catholic faith, but that was before she was the first American woman to win the Nobel Prize in science. The Catholic scientist who invented the stethoscope and the other Catholic scientist who invented the barometer, they didn't see any problem between faith and reason. The first woman to earn a PhD in computer science and help develop the programming language BASIC? Well, that was Sister Mary Kenneth Keller, a nun, obviously. The Catholic pediatrician who discovered that Down syndrome was caused by a chromosomal abnormality? That's Jerome Lejeune, also known as Servant of God, Jerome Lejeune, because he's going through the canonization process right now. That's how Catholic he was. All right. If it's true that science and faith don't conflict, why don't they conflict? Well, it's because they ask different questions. Religion asks questions like, why are we here? How should I treat others? What makes an action moral or immoral? What's the point of life? While science asks questions like, how much does this thing weigh? How much energy will it take to get from here to there? And what is this made of? Faith and science ask different questions, and therefore they come up with different answers. But that doesn't mean one discipline is true and the other must therefore be false. They investigate different types of truths, scientific truths and religious truths. No scientific experiment can measure goodness or evil, and the most precise scale in the world can't tell you how much a soul weighs. You'll never see love at the bottom of a microscope. And alternatively, studying theology will not educate you about how to build a sturdy bridge. You use physics for that. And prayer is not the right avenue to go down to find out whether or not you have dangerously high cholesterol. For that, you get blood work done in a lab. Science is the result of us humans using the intellects God gave us to make life healthier, easier, less painful, more efficient. Thanks be to God for science. Electricity, air conditioning, antiseptics, painkillers, surgeries, medication, they have all made our lives better. But while science can extend our lives, we need religion to come in to help make sure that life is well-lived. Science has absolutely nothing to say about whether it's morally acceptable to purposely torture a two-year-old just for fun. Now that is wrong. That is a moral fact. It's a moral fact that purposely torturing a two-year-old for fun is wrong and evil, and should never be done. It's always been wrong, and it always will be. The moral law is as unchanging as the law of gravity. And we know that from the conscience God gave us, 
in the principles derived from specific divine revelation. So, thanks be to God for religion too. Thank God we have science and thank God we have religion, which both do a great job in their own spheres of expertise. The Bible's not a science textbook, and science can never tell us the meaning of life. When each one stays in their lane, everyone wins, and they in fact help one another. Scientific truth can't contradict religious truth because they don't overlap in the questions they seek to answer. Anyways, after all of that, I gotta tell you something. I heard this great analogy. It took a while to get here today, but I think this analogy, courtesy of Catholic apologist Trent Horn, provides a helpful image to tie this all together. Imagine you're at the beach, and your kid is a little ways off, playing with their favorite toy, a plastic toy. And you're sitting in a lounge chair, soaking up some rays. Maybe you're just relaxing, thanking God for a beautiful day spent with family. Or maybe you've got your headphones in and you're listening to my beautiful voice on this podcast, reading the Bible or telling you about some analogy I came across. When all of a sudden, your kid comes from a far way off and runs up to you and says, Daddy, Mommy, I lost my favorite toy. I buried it for a second in the sand, and now I can't find it. Help me, help me. So you get up, and you ask them where they were playing, and your kid says, yeah, I don't know, and they point to a general area of the beach, the size of about three football fields, because they don't really remember where they buried the plastic toy. Yeah, good luck finding it. But right then, your kid sees one of those guys walking on the beach with a metal detector slowly waving it back and forth, looking for coins, looking for treasure. He'll find my toy, says your kid, and starts running towards him. But you run after him, and you have to try to explain slowly, calmly, and rationally that a metal detector is never going to find their plastic toy. It's not what it was made for. Metal detectors have one job. And they're very good at their job, detecting metal. But they have a very narrow application in which they're useful. They can only detect metal, and even then, only at a depth of a couple feet. In your toy, it's completely plastic. It's made of something totally different than what that tool was made for. A metal detector can't see plastic, so it's useless for this task will have to do something else. See, science is like a metal detector. Science is an amazing tool, and it is great at its job. But it can't do everything. It can't answer every question, or even every important question. It's very narrow in its scope. Being upset that science can't answer questions about happiness or love or meaning is like being upset that a metal detector can't find a plastic toy. It's just not what it was made for. And the inverse is also true. Religion has its job, and it also has a narrow scope. Trashing faith 
because it can't answer scientific questions. It just shows that a person doesn't understand what faith or science really are. They each have their areas of competence. We have to use the right tool for the job. And different jobs call for different tools. Physics for some jobs, philosophy for others. Look to genetics for one type of answer and look to the book of Genesis for a different type of answer. So not everything valuable and true can be found with a metal detector and not everything valuable or true can be verified by science. Is there a way to prove scientifically that you love your spouse? Science, for as great as it is, it can't prove what it can't study. And science studies matter. Therefore, science can't prove or disprove that love exists or justice exists or whether or not God exists. The person who says that the only type of truth is scientific truth is not making a scientific claim. They're making a philosophical claim. But long before the scientific revolutions of the past few centuries, people were still asking deep questions about meaning, happiness, purpose, and morality. And back then, without science, religion came in to offer them answers to those deep questions. And many of those people were living lives of deep purpose, joy, love, and holiness. And then science and technology came along. But those original deep questions still remained. And all our fancy gadgets and formulas can't answer them. But religion still can. Science has no competence in those areas. But religion still does. All right, I hope that analogy helped with the metal detector and the plastic toy. I got to say, I am really having fun with this new series. I heard this great analogy. I've got several more episodes in the pipeline, and I really enjoy typing these up at home in the evenings while my daughters sit next to me and do their homework. I like these because they're short enough to make a point, but I'm not letting myself get bogged down trying to approach the question definitively from every angle. So, as a result, they're actually getting done. You know, some of these topics I've been meaning to cover in our longer explainer series called Remind Me Again, which has about a half dozen episodes on this podcast, and I'm still working on some of those, and I encourage you to listen to them. But I feel like I was letting the perfect become the enemy of the good. Or maybe another way of putting it would be letting the complete become the enemy of the partial. Because it's better to get many partial answers out there than zero complete answers. So I'll keep trying to get these out there, but your job is to share them on social media. I post these on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm telling you this podcast is a ministry multiplier, and you can participate in the multiplication. We will reach a much higher audience if you find our posts on social media and hit share or retweet or leave a comment, because that helps the posts get higher visibility too. It's not just us Catholics who need to know these things. It's everyone else as well. So share them in your social circles and your social media circles. Need to get better at digital ministry and realize that the share button may as well be called the evangelize button. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, 
basilthegreat.org or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.